Oh man, so we're on, uh, in our worship series, worship and series, and uh, we've done worship and our weaknesses, worship and our doubts, worship and depression. Pastor Jared did that one, and, uh, and he did an awesome job on teaching how worship helps us overcome depression. And then this morning we're going to be on worship and sickness and how worship is a key tool that God has given us to overcome sickness. And I want to read from Psalm 103 that is a list, basically, of our benefit plan if you have Jesus as your Savior and as your Lord. And I want to encourage you, um, you know, you might write these down. Uh, you might just put a little one, two, three, four, five on these, or you might click on them in your Bible app. You might write them down in your notebook. Some way, I would encourage you, as I read these, to, um, to, to think of these as, I have Jesus, therefore I have these benefits. Just as if I have this job and this is the benefit plan within that job. And so uh, let's look at them. And it says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. Now, here's the list of benefits that we have because we are living in Jesus. He forgives all your iniquity. He heals all your diseases. Now, I like the word all there. He heals all your diseases. I like the word all your iniquity. He redeems your life from the pit. That means he's pulling you back from the death pit. He crowns you with steadfast love and mercy. That's number four. Number five is he satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Now, if you think of this like a benefit plan, uh, how many of you have either have a job or have had a job or are connected to a job that has benefits attached to it, health insurance or retirement or life insurance or disability or, or whatever. How many of you have something like that, okay? Um, how many of you, maybe you don't have that as a job, but the job pays you and then you go buy a health insurance plan and a life insurance plan and whatever, separate from them, right? How many of you have ever had to make a claim on something you've been paying for? How many of you thought that was fun? No, <laughs> it's not fun, and it's intentionally not fun, but the Bible is actually going to try to set this up that making our claim on our benefit plan is fun. Making our claim on the benefit plan that we have in Christ is meant to be a fun experience. Now, this is currently in my drudgery zone. We did a little test in our office. You, you got your delight zone, your desire zone, uh, something else zone, and you got your drudgery zone. Your drudgery zone is those things that you got to do, but you hate them so bad that you procrastinate until the pain gets so bad that you do them because you got to. So this is in my drudgery zone, and I'm so grateful that the Lord has given me worship to access my benefits in Christ because worship is in my delight zone. I love worshiping the Lord. 
And so um, I want to go over them again and just think about this. Your first benefit, he's going to forgive your iniquity. Then he's going to heal your diseases. That's number two. Third benefit, he's going to redeem your life from the pit. He's going to crown you with steadfast love and mercy, and he's going to satisfy you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Now, in, um, some, in many of the modern-day healing miracle healing movements, it became common to have extremely long worship services before they would pray for anybody. This was developed back in the 80s and 90s and fully developed in the 2000s so that uh, in these movements, before they would even pray for miracle healing, you would worship. And I, when I say long, it's not like our long. Um, we're, it's talking about an hour minimum. Now, some of the leaders of these movements would explain this in that they felt that people had resistors in their souls to miracle healing. And so what they would do is worship until you wear your soul out. <laughs> Another way of thinking about it is we're going to worship until there's no, no resistors left. You are worn slick. And I've actually seen this longer to where they felt like an hour wasn't enough. And they're like, nah, there's still too many resistors in your soul. Let's go for an hour and a half. And the longest one I've ever been in, and I was a perpetrator. I was one of the people in the room that this person ministering, I had resistors up. They were long-term resistors, and they must have recognized my resistors. Because this person, after worshiping for an hour, decided we needed to worship for at least two more hours. Let's do it. I, maybe that's what we need. Because, and now, you know, it was the classic. What we did was we worshiped for an hour, and then they got up on stage, and instead of preaching, they got on their knees and started singing makeup songs to the Lord. Lord, I love you. And I worship you, you're awesome, God. I'm like, are you kidding me? And so, you know, we're just standing there thinking, isn't it your time to preach? And they're just doing that. Of course, nobody is worshiping with them. So they got up and told a few stories. And they, I remember these words. They said, let's try this again. And they got back on their knees and they just started worshiping. And this time, a bunch of people started worshiping with them and my testimony is that God wore my soul out until I was ready for the Holy Spirit to speak to me, and then I would respond in faith. And that's the key to all miracle healing, is that when we finally respond in faith. Now, many ministries now look on ours in awe that we can worship for only 20 minutes and see miracles in America. Come on now. And the reason for that is we have built a culture of faith. We have built a culture of expectation. And therefore, you don't need to wear your soul out as long. Okay, and so what we can do is just enjoy worship, bless the Lord, oh my soul, and the result is that the faith comes faster, it comes quicker. 
So we're going to talk this morning about how worship can bring healing into our spirit and our soul and our body. And it's a key tool that God has given us to access the benefits that the Word of God says are there. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I try not to get into debates on issues. I used to point to a Bible. Now I'm pointing to my iPad. <laughs> issues in the Bible that are complex and there's arguments over. And the reason I try not to get too involved in those is I have a hard enough time obeying the simple commands. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, and raise the dead. I'm still working on those three. So why get involved in those complex debates when I'm still struggling to live out, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, and raise the dead? Is anybody else with me? I want to encourage you to get out of those complex debates and start focusing on the simple commands that Jesus gave us because we'll spend a lifetime trying to grow to live those out. But worship is going to help us get there. It's a key tool. So worship brings healing, and I'm going to just go through these, spirit, soul, and body. We'll start with the soul because the psalmist starts with the soul. Because that's where the blockage is at. The blockage is in our souls. So in Psalm 103.1, he says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Now, um, I was so thankful and blessed that um, in our house church Wednesday night, we have a home group, Pastor Holly and I do, and we just asked some people that have been coming, would you be our worship leaders? And I didn't give them any other guidance than that. Would you be our worship leaders? Lead us in worship for 10 minutes before we start. And so they said, yeah. Um, so they brought a little speaker and played, you know, music through the speaker. And then we worshiped. And without any communication, they selected my favorite song to date. It's Bless the Lord by Matt Redman. It's actually called 10,000 Reasons. But it's Bless the Lord, Oh My Soul. That is my favorite song. And I thought, well, I can jive with this really easy. It's my favorite all-time song. It's amazing how God knits relationships together in small groups when we'll allow Him to. Isn't it? Isn't that something? And so he said, bless the Lord, O my soul. And worship is often commanding your soul to bless the Lord. Now, when we come together, Pastor Jared and Natalie make it easy to bless the Lord right? But worship is commanding the soul to bless the Lord. And all that is within me, bless His holy name. We've been blessing the holy name of the Lord. That is, He is the Lord, our great physician. In Hebrew, that is Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who is our physician. We bless His name and then we see miracle healings. I bless the Lord Jehovah Jireh, which means the Lord is my provider, and then I see miracle provision. I could go on the list. I live in peace because I bless the Lord Jehovah Shalom, the Lord who is peace, the Lord who is prosperity, and then that brings peace into my soul. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless His holy name. If you want a definition of the soul, it is your mind, your will, and your emotions. Now, how many of you guys would enjoy 
a stable set of mind, will, and emotions. <laughs> That's good. Husbands, tell your wives to raise their hand, you know what I'm saying? All right? Yeah, I, I'm coming. So, not that brave. Thank you. Yeah, so it's, you know, blessing the Lord will, will cause you to be stable in your mind and your will and your emotions. And when we're stable in our mind, will, and emotions, we make better decisions than when we're not. So he says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. What that means is true worship, you got to get your emotions involved. Men, that means for you to worship, you have got to get your emotions involved. I heard one testimony of a man who said that my wife goes through more emotions in a single day than I go through in a year. Okay, I understand that. But I'd say to men, to worship, you've got to get your emotions involved. It's part of the package. So we're going to get our mind, our will, and our emotions involved. And worship is going to heal you in the day and help you sleep better at night. How many of you want to sleep better at night? Worship will help you sleep better at night. Then verse 2 says... Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. Now, worship is designed to help us remember our benefit plan. You guys know that what you sing about will get into more than your mind. It'll get into your emotions. It'll get into your DNA. It'll make you who you are, what you sing about. <laughs> Sometimes we look at situations and we say, I've got a group of people, and somehow I've got to change their mindset. And if I try to change their mindset just by preaching, it's like, like this. But if I come at it by changing the worship songs we preach, it removes the pounding, and now your emotions are involved in, in singing a certain kind of worship song, and all of a sudden, you believe something that I never even had to preach about. Isn't that amazing? And so we want to choose our, our worship carefully so that we're worshiping about things that remind us of our benefit plan in Christ. The benefits that I just gave. So that's what this psalm is all about. Now, what is it about the soul that resists the healing? Um, one illustration that I thought of is an experience that I've had from 2020 to 2021. In 2000, I, uh, I enjoy running um, for exercise. It's my favorite form of exercise. I hit a runner's high, I turn on a podcast, I listen, and I can just soak in. I can do sermon prep while I run. Uh, I can listen to a book while I run and comprehend it. I get new ideas when I run. I can look at nature when I run. I mean, it's, it's all that. It's like I go to another world for a while. And so it's very therapeutic. Well, 2020, I had too many injuries to run. I had injuries, uh, you know, in my calves and in my, uh, and in my heels that were making it so that every single run got cut short. I bless the Lord because uh, when I got the COVID disease, God not only healed that, but then He healed those injuries from 2020 anyway. Come on now. And so I, I'm thanking the Lord for that. But 
you know, if you've had an injury or a disease long enough, it starts to define you. It starts shaping your life. Because whatever hurts, you start shaping your life around it, right? If your calf hurts, you're running like this, trying not to injure your calf anymore because the pain causes us to not re-injure, right? So what happens in the soul is these things get into our mind and our will and our emotions that prevent us from believing the benefit that God promised. We get injuries in the soul, disappointments in the soul, things that didn't work out like we thought they would have. We get relational wounds in the soul. Matter of fact, I feel like that um, this week's podcast that Pastor Jared, we're going to talk about injuries to the soul and how those injuries get healed just from some, um, some devotionals that we have been doing. And so these injuries to the soul, what they do is they create barriers that prevent us from believing anymore. And so worship is a tool that is going to help break those down. In my experience, I am now uh, running again and building up my endurance again. And I noticed that my, um, my, my nine-minute mile is now up to a 10 to 10.5-minute mile because I lost my endurance. I noticed that my lungs, uh, after not running for a year, uh, consistently just don't work as well. I, and then the other day I noticed I, ha- I run on hills, and I noticed when I'm facing that hill that I begin to think, the devil made all hills. <laughs> now, an injury to the soul will cause you to misdiagnose who made what. Because God made those hills, and He made us to overcome those hills, right? But because I got an injury, and I've had injuries, now it's the devil made those hills. But when we worship and we begin to believe, we begin to see, well, God made those hills for me to overcome those hills. Big difference, right? And so, bless the Lord, O my soul. And when you do that, it's going to help you remember all His benefits. You're on the live stream. I want to speak to you. You may have soul injuries right now. They're in the form of relationships that have disappointed you. They're in the form of a miracle healing that did not happen. They're in the form of a financial investment that you tried that did not work out. God is desiring to heal those soul injuries to release faith in you again where your disappointment was before. Just let him begin to do that, and he'll do it through worship as you remember his benefit plan. Worship brings healing to your soul, and then it's going to bring healing into your spirit. Psalm 103 addresses the spirit when he says, he forgives your iniquity. An easy way to understand iniquity, sin, and transgression. The Bible addresses these a lot, both Old and New Testament, is is these simple definitions. Sin is when I miss the mark. So I'm I'm aiming and I come up short. This is what God's standard is and I come in down here. I missed the mark. That's sin. Transgression is when I cross the line. 
God says the line is here and don't cross it. And I cross it. Transgression is when I cross the line. You parents understand transgression really, really well because your children, you say to your children, hey, don't cross this line. And what's the first thing they do is they cross the line. Don't touch the burner. What's the first thing they do? Touch the burner. You know, I mean, right? And so, uh, so parents understand this. It's we cross the line with God. Iniquity is when we have missed the mark so consistently and we've crossed the line so frequently that it starts getting into your spirit and it's getting into your DNA makeup. Now that missing the mark, that crossing the line is part of who you are. Your wife relates to you this way because it's who you are. Your children relate to you this way because it's who you are. Now, the good news is He forgives your iniquity. Come on now. He's going to forgive that sin and that transgression that has gotten into your spirit. And because He forgives your iniquity, then you're a setup that He can heal all your diseases. And this is how Jesus did His miracle ministry. It's the secret to the entirety of His miracle ministry. All He went around doing is saying, well, I am the source of all these people's iniquity getting healed. Doesn't matter if they're a prostitute. Doesn't matter if, they, if, if they've had seven husbands. Right? Doesn't matter if, if, if they... It doesn't matter who they are, what they've done. I am the source of their iniquity getting healed. Therefore, every single person is a setup for miracle healing. And it's how he did his ministry. All we do is adapt it ever so slightly. I'm not the source of anybody's forgiveness. But since Jesus is and he dwells within me, see what I'm saying? I'm just a vessel of it. And therefore, everybody is a setup for miracle healing of their diseases. Therefore, he heals all your diseases. There's a whole theology behind this that has to do with that disease was entered into the earth and humanity at the fall of man. So whose fault is it that we have disease roaming in and out of our bodies? It's your great-grandpappy's fault. His name is Adam. It's his fault that all these diseases go in and through our bodies, but it's Jesus' provision to forgive the iniquity and heal the diseases. Before I close this point, I want you to notice one word that is so important for you. The word your. When we've experienced a disease long enough, it becomes my disease. And to get healed, that's got to change. My calf, my foot, my fibromyalgia, my lupus, my back. I could go on, right? It becomes my disease. And the process of miracle healing is God is going to separate you from that injury or from that disease so we're going to remove the word my. It's no longer mine. 
See? And so then what's going to happen is now it is uh, that disease, but it's no longer my disease. Come on now. That's, that's God. Now, He can get there multiple ways. He can give you an encounter from someone else praying for you, but He can also just have you speak to it. That's how I received miracle healing for my running injuries is I had people pray for me. I didn't get healed when they did. So I began to think, well, you know, I had a testimony when God healed me in the past. I just started speaking to them. And as I began to speak to those injuries, they started leaving and enabled me to run again. So they're no longer my injuries. They're just injuries. I remember one time when um, I had a problem as a young man. And um, there was something shifting in my body that wasn't good. I went to the doctor, and the doctor said, well, it's, it's related to your blood pressure. Really didn't have a provision for it. And uh, so it was getting worse. And so I said, Lord, this is starting to cripple me. It's, it's uh, striking at my confidence. Have you, have you ever had an injury or an illness or a disease strike at your confidence? This was striking at my confidence to be what God called me to be. So I kept seeking the Lord, and one day while I was taking the communion, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, I can heal you in this communion. And I said, well, Lord, let's do it. I took the communion. It was just juice and a cracker. But I took the communion, and boom, God took away what the doctors were unable to do. He just removed that from my body. Isn't that just something? Never had to have medication for it. It was just amazing. There wasn't medication. But the point is, he took it away from my body and he connected the forgiveness of sins with miracle healing. And I want to encourage you in that today. Worship brings healing. Healing to your soul and to your spirit and to your body. Um, Let me speak a word to the live stream very quickly. Um, If you're on the live stream, one of the things that can happen when you get separated from the body of Christ and you're not actually in in in-person meetings is that that the devil can start um, talking to you about your failures more frequently. Interaction with the body of Christ helps keep the devil at bay in that area. And the devil can start talking to you more about your failures and start making you feel guilty and condemned. Jesus forgives your iniquities, and He is setting you up for miracle healing. Just receive that right now and let that fence out the devil and anything he's been speaking to you about feelings of condemnation or guilt. Jesus forgives your iniquities and gives you a new beginning. Let's go to the last one, the healing to your body. So it's healing in the soul and the spirit and the body. Psalm 103 verse 4 says this, He redeems your life from the pit. That's um, easy to understand because in my uh, More Jesus Bible reading plan, our house churches are going through those together. Um, I'm in the story of Joseph right now, and can someone tell me where did his brothers throw Joseph? Into the, into the pit. So they were going to kill him in there. So he redeems your life from the pit, meaning he's going to buy your, back, your life back from death and from destruction. I like that. He's going to crown you with steadfast love 
and mercy. Anytime you read the word steadfast love, read covenant love. That is a contractor and a, a, that I am going to be committed to love you no matter what. So he's going to crown you with committed love and committed mercy to pull you out of the pit when you need it. Now, the reason you need mercy is that when you're in the pit, it's the pits, right? When you're in the pit, what that means is, now when they threw Joseph in the pit, it says specifically says there was no water. So they threw him in the pit and there was no water. You can go longer without food than you can go without water. So you need mercy. When you're in the pit and don't have a way out, you need mercy. And it's a contract or an agreement or a covenant of mercy upon our lives. Then verse 5 says, He satisfy you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. I like this a lot. People do all kinds of things to try to get their youth renewed. This is better than a Botox injection. It's better than vitamins, right? It's better than steroids. And it's been an experience that I have gone through recently again where the Lord is invigorating my body to let me function like a man that is younger than I am. I like that. He wants to renew your youth like the eagles so that you've always got forward vision. God wants to renew your forward vision. I plan on having forward vision when I'm 85. Forward vision. And the way he does it is satisfies you with good, but the entryway is by blessing the Lord. Let me close with a story that happened some years ago to me. I worked for the state of Missouri where I had a massive benefit plan. Praise the Lord. I had to learn to access all those benefits, right? How do we, church, how do we access the benefit plan? Say, bless the Lord. That's how you access it, through worship, through blessing the Lord. So I was in this and uh, one of the benefit plans, you get a break. And so I was out and about, did my job, and, uh, and I took a break, and I had no vision to do anything for God. I was just going to play a video game, praise the Lord, on my 15-minute break. I had this place where I knew you could put a quarter in and play some old-school video games. And uh, I got out of the car, and there was a guy in front of me that I half-recognized. And the Holy Spirit gave me the gift of faith. This is that guy's day. Now, when the Holy Spirit gives you the gift of faith, this is that guy's day, you want to pay attention, right? Immediately, I got taken out of video game mode. <laughs> Praise God, saved myself a quarter. And then moved into, well, what's God going to do for this guy? So I remembered his name, and I called out to him. And we got into a conversation. Usually starts with how you doing. And he was really said, I'm not doing well. He had graduated college. We'd graduated at the same time. 
And he had gotten wounded in church, wounded in the pastorate. Happens. That's because it's about relationships. At Abundant Life, we're trying to even make these relationships tighter through home groups. Relationships. So he got hurt in relationships, and it caused him to fall away from God, fall out of church. No one intentionally, well, some people do. Most people don't intentionally fall away from God. They just get wounded and they pull away. And so he had gotten wounded and he pulled away, and he was not doing well. So I began to share with him, it's so simple to be restored into a relationship with God. But because of the wound in his soul, he struggled to receive that word. And he said, I don't know. It seems harder than that. And I said, nope. He forgives your iniquities. It's really easy. You repent. He forgives. You start over. It took him about two weeks to really believe that that was as simple as it was. But when he finally believed, God forgave his iniquity, he repent, and you start over. He started over and got a brand new beginning. Got to start over in Christ, got those soul wounds healed, and even began to write some songs to bless the Lord for others. I believe that God is going to offer a lot of people a restart in 2021. And that may be you. Pastor Jared, I'm going to hand the service off to you and let you close us out.